Today is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. It's been a year since the world turned upside down after we all watched George Floyd die under the knee of Derek Chauvin. Reflecting on that today made me think about all my interactions with law enforcement and why I've survived as long as I have. Hopefully this session will provide some perspective on how black people deal with the police and how they deal with us. Welcome to Derby. There's something in the African-American community, at least in the United States of America, I don't know if it's international or not. There's this conversation that parents or mentors or leaders in the community, it might happen in a church, at a school, it's something that happens among black children, and it's referred to as the talk, where an older black person talks to a younger black person about how they should behave, how they should act, the things that they should do whenever they come into contact with the police. And when I say these things, you're going to say, oh, well, shouldn't everybody do these things when they come into contact with the police? And the answer is, I mean, yeah, probably. But the conversation probably ends different when... A black person is hearing the talk growing up. It ends with, you are doing these things to make sure that you stay alive, to make sure that the police don't have an excuse to shoot you or harm you or arrest you or tase you. Or We want to make sure that you're able to come home to your family. We want to make sure that we see you at church next week. The talk ends with like a very harsh like warning if you don't follow these instructions. Now... You can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if white people are having that same conversation. If they are, it would be the first I've heard of it. But I feel like that's important for me to get out of the way before I talk about my personal interactions with the police. If you've listened to previous sessions or episodes of mine, you probably heard me talk about my years in high school. Um, I'm going to talk about my very first interaction with the police. It was actually when I was 15 years old. I was a sophomore. And two friends of mine, not going to mention their names because I don't know if they want to be involved in this story about why we had this run-in with the police, but it's a very short, stupid story. Um, when you were 15, there isn't really much to do, especially if you don't have like a driver's license or a job or like a girlfriend. And the three of us, myself and these two friends, we didn't have, none of us had any of those things. So we're just looking for dumb things to do. Um, I remember it was in the middle of summer. I don't know if it was summer, but it was just really hot outside. And we all decided that we were going to hit up the elementary school that we all used to go to. There was this playground, there was a track. I think there was basketball hoops there. Like, trust me, we weren't just, we weren't just hanging out at this school for nothing. Uh, sometimes we would walk on the track and talk or just run around, jump off of stuff on the playground, just talk, you know, just hang out. Cause I mean, there's nobody there. Actually, now that I think about it, it must be summer because there's nobody there. We didn't expect anybody to be there. So at one point, while we're just walking around the school trying to explore um, places around the school that we've never been in, um, we find like some type of ladder extremity of the, of the school. And it seems like there's access to the roof. Now we don't want to do anything on the roof. We're not going to like jump off the roof. We're not like looking for a way into the school from the roof. We were just like, hey, we can get on the roof. So we got on the roof. The three of us at this elementary school. Naturally, somebody calls the police. Some lady or something from across the street sees some kids on the roof of a school. And it's just like, obviously the police need to get involved. Because what's funny about it, thinking back, is if 
The person that called the police saw us on the roof and just walked over to the school and said, what are you kids doing on the roof? Get down from there. I think we would have gotten off the roof, but, you know, whatever, man. <laughs> like, it just baffles me that when you call 911, I'm pretty sure they usually say something like, what's the emergency? And you would think when they say that, this person would be like, well, it's not really an emergency. But, but no, cops show up. And I remember the a police officer coming up to one of us um, while one of us was still on the roof. I don't remember the exact details. It was nine years ago. But they tell us to get down, and they ask us what we're doing, and we're like, we're literally just hanging out on the roof. And, like, they don't believe us for whatever reason. So I have to call my parents or somebody. They want us to call someone because they want somebody to explain what we're doing there. And I call my um, I call my dad and or my brother and tell them that I'm in trouble. I keep it vague because I don't want to tell them that, like, the police are there. Because, like, I don't know. Like, it felt embarrassing to do that. But I'm just like, hey, I need you guys to come to this elementary school <laughs> that I'm hanging out at. Uh, because I'm in trouble. So I said something about trouble, but I didn't say exactly what the trouble was. So they show up not knowing what they're getting into. And long story short, um, my dad and brother expect like there to be a fight or something. I think they had like golf clubs in the trunk. It's hilarious. But, (laughs) uh, the cops, you know, they're ultimately just like, Hey, um, there have been reports in the area of people like trying to steal copper or whatever. I don't know. I think they were just trying to come up with an excuse as to why they showed up with, like, three cop cars and dogs for, like, a couple 15-year-olds on a roof. That was my first encounter with the police. And no guns were drawn, no tasers were drawn, nobody got put in handcuffs, nothing happened. They just seemed kind of moderately annoyed that they were called there, which I agree. But, I mean, based on that experience, I didn't really have any complaints about them. I think they handled it very well. My next interaction with law enforcement, I mean, I kind of mentioned it in a previous session where I was talking about my junior year in high school, but I just thought it was worth bringing up because, you know, for the sake of chronology, chronological, chrono, whatever, for the sake of like a linear narrative, when I was 16, I was making out with this girl in a mall and a mall cop came up and it was like, please take that somewhere else. That was it. That's all that happened. So I just figured, you know, I just wanted to throw that in there because that did happen. It was technically an officer of something and they didn't treat me with any type of hostility, but moving on. So this is the first time that I might actually be in some type of danger according to like society or whatever. When I was 17, um, I went to graduation practice. Like I grew up in North Chattanooga so like very very there's like Chattanooga then there's north of Chattanooga and then there's north of that that's where I grew up so we were having graduation practice downtown Chattanooga so it was like a 20 minute drive there and a 20 minute drive back now on the drive back I'm um I'm driving back home with my friend um and it starts pouring down raining and we're going down this interstate this road or whatever it's called 27 we're on 27 going north and i see the flashing lights behind me i pull over well, as soon as the, <laughs> i don't if you've ever been pulled over by the police or if you've ever seen those blue flashing lights behind you like you know that first immediate reaction you have you're like oh oh, oh my god oh. like you just get immediately so frustrated and angry and for me i'm not like 
I'm not like freaking out or scared because I feel like my life is going to be at risk. I just know for a fact that I'm probably going to get a ticket and it's super annoying and it's embarrassing because I have my friend with me and it's just, it's just whack. So I get pulled over and the officer is very annoyed because he has to pull me over and it's also pouring down raining and he doesn't have an umbrella. I don't know why he wouldn't take an umbrella with him. It seems like something a cop would have if they know it's going to be raining that day. But whatever, I'm not telling the man how to do his job. He's very like matter of fact, like no nonsense because he's really not trying to waste any time. Um, I roll down the window. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't ask for my name, why I'm driving fast. He doesn't say anything. He just says, you're going 82 and a 65. It's pouring down raining. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I can't, I don't really have anything. I don't really have anything for that. So he, he looks at my plates, looks at the car, blah, blah, blah. License to registration. Comes back, gives me a ticket, leaves. It's literally it. That's all that happened. That's the whole story. So, there it is. This next bit is, uh, it's awkward, but it's still important. Like, I, 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 it would be disingenuous of me to leave it out. So, when I was 18 years old, I was dating this girl, and... I was driving around my Altima with her in it, and if you've been in a relationship when you're a teenager and you're still in high school, if you're trying to have, like, any, if you're trying to get into any type of, like, shenanigans or have any type of, like, real physical one-on-one -on -one contact with, with, with your girl or your man or whoever, when you're a kid, you have to get creative, so... The spot was like behind a Walmart. So embarrassing. But we would go back there. We would like kiss and like touch each other or whatever. That was a spot. We show up, do that for like 15, 20 minutes and just dip. But that day was different because the police showed up. And it was extremely, extremely, awfully awkward and embarrassing. But I don't know. Well, I mean, looking back, like, talking about it right now, like, it's really weird and awkward. But in the moment, I was actually surprisingly calm because the girl that was with me was so, so terrified, like, horrified and embarrassed that it kind of put things into perspective for me. I was like, I was thinking, like, okay, she's really seriously freaking out, but, like, I know that what we're doing is wrong and weird, but I don't think it justifies this level of panic. Like, there's nobody out here but us. <laughs> so, it's not like we're doing something so terrible and indecent that, like, we're going to actually go to jail. So the cop comes up to us. The cop car is parked right behind the car that I'm driving, so we couldn't escape, not like we were going to try to. And it sucks, because as soon as we recognize that the cop car is there, <laughs> I... <laughs> I had my shirt off, so that, you can't really, <laughs> you can't really talk your way out of that, um, that was weird, but by the time the cop comes to talk to me, we're, we're, we're both fully clothed, everything is okay, they ask what we're doing, which I feel like is unnecessary, because, like, you get it, but the good news is, we weren't, like, we weren't in the middle of, like, having sex, and I don't, like, we weren't going to, but, you know, like, it was hot. It was a hot day. I just need to take my shirt off, man. It was, it was hot. What do you... So, it's a very awkward interaction. I remember at one point, they're, like, asking us how old we are, which is... 
Which is a weird situation because like I'm, I believe I'm, I'm a senior. I think it's the summer after my senior year because I'm, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm 17 or 18 and she's 16 or 17. I don't know. She's like a year younger than me. And I remember them asking her her age and her lying about it. And I was like, why would you lie? <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I guess she thought that like they were going to think there was like some statutory thing going on. But to me, like it really wasn't that deep. You know, the details of it don't even really matter. Like they didn't do anything to us. Like they threatened to like call our parents, but then they didn't. Like nothing happened. It was just like, hey, <laughs> it's like the same thing, like with the mall. They were like, hey, maybe take this somewhere else. But there was nowhere else to take it, okay? Like, <laughs> I, I was living with my parents. She was living with her parents. All right, the options were limited. There was a car. We were behind Walmart. There was no one there. I thought it was cool. It wasn't cool. Actually, I knew it wasn't cool. But that really solidified just how not cool it was. But that was my experience with the police that year. And <laughs> nothing happened to me. And... Just for the record, um, the cop that talked to us, he was white, I'm black, the girl that I was with was was also a minority, and um, I never felt like I was in any, in any danger. It felt like the cop really wanted to make us feel like embarrassed or sad or like concerned, but um, the girl I was with, she was, she was like having a panic attack. So I think that that kind of softened things a bit. And he was like, okay, just relax. Just get out of here, please. So that happened and everything is still okay. I am, <laughs> I am a safe driver, I promise. When I was 19 years old, I got pulled over for speeding again. And I think, I don't know, I think it was like, maybe 62 and a 45 or something like that, like 17 miles over. And this resulted in me end up ending up having, um, I ended up having to go to defensive driving school, which actually was extremely helpful, but we don't have to talk about that right now. So I got pulled over and I got pulled over on, um, I was on this road called, um, called like Hicks and Pike. It doesn't really matter. And I was actually driving right past the place that I used to work. So when I got pulled over, I was like, come on, man. Like, this is my hood. Like, come on. And the dude was, you know, he was pretty chill about it. Uh, and, you know, he's like, why are you driving so fast? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I remember making some, like, really bad joke because, like, I think I was wearing something, like, Florida State-ish. And I think he was wearing like an Ohio State or an Alabama. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I tried to make some joke about like, oh, is this because like my team beat your team or something like that? It's so dumb. But again, I didn't, white cop, I didn't feel like I was in any danger. I, and, you know, I ended up like getting a ticket and I had to go to defensive driving school because this was the second ticket I got in like two or three years. So, nothing, nothing happened. I was just, I was just okay. I didn't feel like he was particularly angry at me or looking to do me any harm. He didn't make me get out of the car or anything. It was just, that was just speeding and that was just it. I know this, I know this all sounds really boring, but like, I think, I guess that's kind of the point because I'm having all these interactions with the police and it's like run of the mill stuff and people 
love to paint this picture like there's this existential threat of being like exterminated by police. And I know, I know, I know, just because I'm having a good time with cops, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a good time, I should rephrase that. Just because the cops aren't doing anything particularly bad or unfair to me doesn't mean it's not happening in other places. But as I tell more of these stories, I mean, I, I guess we'll see. Now, at this point, I'm probably like halfway or three quarters of the way through college. And this is in Murfreesboro, not in Chattanooga where I grew up. But this is in Murfreesboro. It's near the college that I went to. And I just got done hanging out at um, longtime friend Kennedy's house. And we were drinking there. Um, but I didn't drink all that much. I probably had, honest to God, like two or three beers. Honest to God. And I wouldn't lie, this is therapy. And I'm driving home, and as I'm looking at, I'm awful with directions. Like, if you drop me off, like, 10 miles from where I live, like, I wouldn't be able to make it back without my iPhone. It's absurd. But I, so um, I'm leaving her place, and I put, I'm, like, looking at the maps, like, in my phone, like, at a stoplight or whatever. And then I see the lights, and, you know, the same reaction I get every time. It's like, ah! Every time, every time those lights come on, you just immediately, no, 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 no. But um, you get pulled over, and this time I'm a little bit concerned. Again, not because I think I'm about to get <laughs> assaulted, but just because like I actually was doing something that legally and ethically is frowned upon. I wasn't drunk, but I had been drinking, and I didn't have to drive home, but I did. So whatever. So it pulls me over, and I immediately start talking before he says anything, which is so stupid now that I think about it. But I immediately apologize for looking at my phone while I'm driving, because I assume that's why I'm getting pulled over, not because I'm swerving or anything, but also, like, I could have been. Who knows? Like, I don't think I was, but, like, do cops pull people over often for looking at their phone? So I don't know. So I immediately start apologizing for looking at my phone and like, I know that I'm not speeding and I'm like, I don't think I was speeding. Was I speeding? And I'm just, I'm talking too much <laughs> to this cop. And he's like, have you been drinking tonight? And I'm like, he knows, <laughs> he knows. And, um, and I, I get, I get even dumber. Maybe I was drunk because I'm like, um, I haven't been drinking tonight, but I just came from somebody's place and they were drinking. <laughs> he should have arrested me right there. But then he's like, okay, get out of the car. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> so he starts trying to, um, at this point I'm thinking like, am I drunk? <laughs> maybe, maybe he's doing the right thing. And he starts having me go through the sobriety test. He's like, you know, walking a straight line, something, something, ABCs. And as we're doing the test, I'm like, okay, actually, I'm not drunk. Um, but then he does this thing where um, he pulls out, I don't know, it's either like a light that he has or like a pencil or a pen. And he tells me to follow it with my eyes. I'm like, oh, no, because <laughs> I was born with cataracts. My lenses were removed as a baby. Like I had surgery on my eyeballs. Now I have these super high powered contact lenses. I have nystagmus and astigmatism. So my eyes are constantly shifting back and forth. He's going to think that I'm on every drug imaginable. <laughs> so I start trying to follow it. 
and he's like, mm, maybe try to focus a little bo- a bit more. Not doing too hot, man. I'm going to be honest with you. So then I start explaining to him because he's like laughing. He's, he's, he's laughing at me because he thinks that like I'm drugged up or drunk or whatever. And I'm like, actually, I have this condition that I was born with. It hits every other person. Like, my siblings don't have it. I have it. My dad's never driven. Like, my my grandfather has kind of, like, all these people in my family have this condition. And he, like, his face immediately, like, drops. Like, he immediately, smile goes off his face. And he's like, oh, um, ooh. It just... It was it was awkward for both of us because I don't know if he thinks I'm lying, which I'm obviously not, or if he is just like, or if he's just feeling bad. So he gets like his radio thing is going off or whatever, and I think like <laughs> cops are people too. Um, he like I think if you're in the middle of like conducting a sobriety test and you're trying to determine whether or not you need to haul somebody off to jail or get their car towed or call somebody. Like, I think you're going to focus on that. Like, that's your job. That's your duty. But there's, like, some radio shatter coming from his radio or whatever, walkie-talkie, however, I don't know. And he decides to take that in the middle of what we're doing. And he's like, you know what, man? Uh, you don't, you're, you're, you're probably, I don't think you're drunk or anything, you know? And uh, uh, just stop looking at your phone. He's like, do you need directions to get home? And I was like, no, I don't need I don't need directions. I'm literally like a mile from my home. He's like, all right, drive safe. Stop looking at your phone. And that's it. And then he just left. No ticket, no defensive driving school, no, no handcuffs, never touched me, nothing. Just leaves. Again, boring. I know. But how many more times am I going to see the cops and them not doing any, anything to me? I don't know. Am I lucky? Is it because of the talk? Who knows? But we... <laughs> Earlier I said, I promise I'm a good driver. But yet. <laughs> um, at this point, I've graduated college. I am now 21 um, in this scenario. And I'm in the process of training for my new job at um, at this call center I got a job at. And I'm going, all I do when I drive is I go there and I come back and I go there and I come back. And this is a day that I have off. And um, I don't know exactly where I'm coming from or where I'm going, but I am coming home. Actually, yeah, I'm coming home. And the street that I live on, the speed limit is 30. For whatever reason, I am driving 52 miles per hour. I'm a good driver, seriously. Like, maybe maybe I drive too fast every once in a while. Like, I've learned my lesson now, I promise. This is three years ago, don't judge me. But obviously, I get pulled over. And, like, wh- why are you driving so fast? Where are you going? Like, what's the point? Like, what what's your problem? I'm like, I don't know. Like, the, the, the hills... And I was going downhill, and I didn't realize I was going so fast. And like, I literally lived like right over there. And he's like, "Really? You 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 live that close? Why are you why are you driving so fast? You live that close?" Yeah. He's like, "You know, accidents happen when you're this close to home." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Yeah yeah yeah. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." And then I wanted to really, I really wanted to make it clear just how close to my apartment that I was. But then I was like, oh no, my license, I haven't changed my address yet from the last place that I lived at. So I don't want him to like think I'm a liar and then I have something to hide. 
and then he's going to like try and search my car or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'll just take the ticket. And he's like, you know what? You're very lucky that I'm not going to, he, he, I remember him saying this. He's like, you seem like a nice guy. I don't think you're trying to cause any problems out here. Normally for going 22 miles over the speed limit in a 30 mile per hour zone, we could easily uh, have you down for reckless driving, put points on your license, potentially suspend it. You've had speeding tickets in the past. And I'm like, ah. But he's like, we'll just get you down for speeding. And instead of um, on the ticket, instead of writing 52, he wrote like 42. And I was like, huh. How nice. And then I ended up having to pay that ticket because I didn't want to go to court and contest it. And that was it. I know. This is extremely boring. When's the good stuff coming? It'll come. I, pr I promise. Just, just stick around. I promise. So I, this actually happened before I was training for that big boy job, but like, right, it was actually probably before I finished college. Before I finished college, I was actually working as a delivery driver for Papa John's. So I always had a bunch of cash on me. And on my off day, I was hanging out with my then girlfriend and my still now girlfriend. And we, before we went to get lunch together that day, I wanted to go to the bank so I could put all this cash that I made from Papa John's into the bank. I didn't mind going into the bank. I like being in banks. The air conditioning's nice. The people are nice. Whatever. I think that, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is just like the narcissist in me. But like, I feel, I like patronizing places even if they don't actually have to have you like go in and see them because like I know how easy of a customer I am to deal with and when I think about like all the things that people that work at banks have to deal with I think if they're going to be on the clock regardless I think they would rather deal with somebody like me that just needs to like put a bunch of cash in their account as opposed to somebody that's actually going to be difficult so my girlfriend and I go in there I put the cash in no problem no problems in the bank whatsoever we are sitting in the parking lot of this region's bank in Murfreesboro, we're just sitting in the car trying to talk about where we should go to lunch. We're like, oh, should we go to Chick-fil-A? I'm like, I go to Chick-fil-A all the time. There's no need to sit down there. Maybe we should go to like a nice restaurant. Well, maybe we should be trying to save our money. Like for God's sake, you work at Papa John's. We don't need to go to Longhorn, whatever, whatever. We're just talking about where we need to go to lunch. And then a cop walks up to us and just knocks on the window. And I look in my rear view and I see that his car is blocking us in. And I was like, this is weird. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like a Friday or a Saturday. I don't know. And he tells me, he like motions for me to roll the window down. And he says that somebody in the bank called us in because we were being suspicious. They said that there might have been like some drug related activity going on. And like... I talked about going into the bank and how nice of an experience it was. Now, nothing happened. Nothing weird happened to the bank at all. I mean, I just put a bunch of cash into the account. Like, it's not like I was getting a bunch of cash out of an account. And then I was, like, counting out 20s to give to my girlfriend while she's handing me over a bag of drugs. Like, I put cash into my bank account. And we're sitting in the car trying to find out where we're going to go eat. And this cop says somebody in the bank called the police on us like did they think she was in danger did they think i was in danger that he said something about drugs and i'm just like like at the, like this is kind of annoying to me like this does feel <laughs> this feels kind of racial 
I'm just sitting here. And I'm like, I mean, there's no drugs in the car. Do you want to you want to search it? Do you want to check? Like, what's why? What 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 is the meaning of this? I'm just and the cop like he quickly realizes that like there's nothing going on. And he's like, "Okay, um sorry to bother you guys. Have a good one." And I remember my girlfriend being like really annoyed by that. And I was just like, "You know how I'd be out here for a young brother." <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Still no guns pulled, no tasers pulled. I even got a little sassy with the officer that time. But at the end of the day, like, nothing happened. I know. Very boring. Drink every time I say boring. <laughs> okay, now this is whack. So at this point, I'm 21 or 22 years old. Um, I've had the big boy job for a bit. Um, I mentioned i think in previous sessions the relationship that i have with my family it's awesome i love them i go see them all the time i live in the middle of tennessee right now but i grew up in chattanooga and i often go back to visit them because it's less than a two-hour drive to get there and get back so one night i'm leaving there and i've often driven from chattanooga back to murfreesboro in the middle of the night it had not been a problem. And I don't take 24, which is like this very, very, very long highway that goes from like Nashville all the way to like Atlanta or something. I don't take that. I kind of take like a back way because if you take 24, it takes you directly to Chattanooga. But again, I live north of North Chattanooga. So I take this kind of back way and there's hardly any traffic. Sometimes you lose service, but there's, you know, you can drive pretty fast or whatever. So I'm over halfway home coming from Chattanooga back to Murfreesboro. It's like 11 o'clock at night. It's winter. It's like 30 degrees outside. And I'm driving through, I think it's McMinnville. And I see those flashing lights behind me. And, you know, immediately, oh, God, God, what, 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 what? <laughs> and um, the speed limit I know is 30. And I know... That, like I'm out in the middle of the night. There's nobody out here but me. Like I'm definitely not going over 40. I know that. But when the cop walks out to me, it's this like skinny white dude, and he's like, "Hey, um, do you know why I pulled you over?" I don't. Why do Why do cops ask that? Like, why don't they just tell you? Like, what's the game? I don't want to play. <laughs> They're always like, um, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" And I say, um, "I guess I was speeding." <laughs> Which I now realize is stupid. Like, why would you admit to that? I was like, I guess I was speeding. And he was like, he's like, yeah, yeah, you got that right. You're about 10 over. And I was like, mm, I don't know why you would, <laughs> I don't say this to him, but like, why would you tell me that I'm like about 10 over? Like, that's nothing. Right? There's no one on the road but me. I'm going 40 and a 30. You're pulling me over. But whatever, whatever. It's still cool. Whatever. What I learned in defensive driving school is... <laughs> The speed limit is literally the maximum speed that you should be going. So I should really be cruising at like 27, 28. But clearly I haven't learned my lesson. So here I am again. And as we're talking, I see that like he's looking directly into my eyes. Which, you know, you, you know how that can go. And he's like, is there anything in the car that I should know about? And me being an idiot. I start looking around, I guess. Or is this normal? If somebody's like, um, if somebody walks into your apartment, right? And they're like, is there anything in the apartment I should know about? Um, I don't know. Would your instinct be like, look around the apartment? 
because it was for me. So I guess me, for whatever reason, looking around my car when he says, is there anything in the car I should know about? I'm thinking like he already sees something and he's trying to be funny. And the only thing in my car is one backpack because I think I only stayed in Chattanooga for like a day or two. So all I needed was one backpack. So I'm looking around, I look at the backpack and I look back at him and I'm like, not that I know of. <laughs> I could, in hindsight, when I say it out loud, I understand why that might like piss him off. Because it's like, I look at the thing that I know shouldn't be there, and I look back at him, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> so he tells me to get out of the car, which I think is kind of excessive, but whatever. I guess I'm being annoying. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But he started it. Ten over. There's no one out here. What's the point? You're just trying to meet some quota. But whatever. I get out of the car. Because the talk, which I referred to earlier in the episode, would indicate that we don't argue with the police. All right, it doesn't matter if what they're asking is ridiculous. You just do it. They have equipment that you don't, <laughs> in the case, like, that your altercation turns from verbal to physical. So, like, it's cool. You want me to get out of the car when it's 30 degrees and you see me wearing a t-shirt? Fine. Whatever, man. Go at it. Because I don't think the search is going to take that long. Because the only thing in my car <laughs> is a backpack. Like some clothes, like like some dirty underwear, like toothpaste. Like, all right, man, go go wild. But of course, he wants to make a whole song and dance out of it because he's in a bad mood or he feels like he has to do this. I don't know. I don't know why. But he has me stand in front of his car, like in front of the lights. Very vulnerable, very kind of embarrassing. I don't know why he had me stand in front of his car. I guess so. You know, it's dark out. He wants to make sure I don't do anything funny. But like, I don't want to do anything funny. I just wanted to go home. <laughs> but um, after he looks through my car, after he looks through my car, after he looks through my backpack, which I don't appreciate, takes all the stuff out of my backpack. Like, why? Come on. Come on. Why take all the stuff out of my backpack? He doesn't even put it back in. I gotta put it back in. What's, what's, what's up with that? But he goes through all the stuff. He looks through my glove compartment. Like, what about my rights, dog? Like, like what do you think is here? He, dude really thinks that, like, I'm, I'm, like, smuggling drugs in the dead of night through McMinnville in one backpack. Like, why? <laughs> but he comes out of the car. And he's like, all right, it looks... I don't know, it looks good to me, but, you know, um, I'm just going to have my dog sniff around if you don't mind. I was like, at this point, I'm annoyed because, like, look, I know about the talk. I'm not trying to cause any problems. I don't want to argue, but, like, I'm shivering so bad. Like, I don't have, like, my jacket's in the car, but, like, I don't want to go back in the car because, like, he's been in there and I don't want him to think I'm up to anything. I'm like, okay, like, please, I was like, I don't, there's really nothing in there, like, 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 I really don't have anything, but, like, I'm, like it's really cold out here. You don't have to bring your dog out. Like, I'm thinking about the dog. And he's like, don't tell me how to do my fucking job. And I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let the dog search the car. <laughs> this, this man is looking for a fight, but I'm not going to give it to him. Brings out the dog. The dog searches the car. And, oh, my God. The dog finds nothing. He lets me go. Doesn't even give me a ticket for, like, supposedly speeding. Just waste, like, 30 minutes of my life. And before he lets me go, he's like, in the future, if anybody asks if there's anything they should be worried about in the car, don't look around. Makes you look suspicious. I'm like, I'm not going to just stare dead into your eyes. Like, I don't practice for situations like this, okay? If you ask me if there's something in my car that you should know about... I'm thinking that you already think there's something there, so I'm naturally going to look around. Like, I, I don't know, man. Whatever. Get out of my face. So he leaves. And that's it. 
and I don't get like my third ticket <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, but don't worry, there's more. We're almost done. I'm gonna keep this brief. I work for Lyft. I was giving a lady this ride. She had a bunch of stuff that she needed to put in my car. Whatever, don't care. Now the place that she's getting all of this stuff from, she has an altercation with the people that are there and she thinks that they have her phone for whatever reason. And she wants to call the police on them. Apparently she's dealt with these people before and she told them that if they kept being mean to her, she's gonna call the police, which I don't think the police are for, but you know, I don't know, man. She's a serious, and I don't just throw this term around. She was like a legitimate, like Karen, like level 10 Karen. Like these people were, to, I mean, to be fair to her, they were being very rude to her, but like the police are gonna show up with equipment that's not needed for this, this situation. So she is telling me that I need to call the police. She's like, call the police, call the police, call the police. These people are stealing from me. They're being rude to me. They're threatening me. By the way, they weren't threatening her. <laughs> like I was there, I could hear them. They weren't threatening her. They were being very rude to her. They were calling her a bum because I think she is homeless. And like, none of that is nice, but it's not my job to stand up for her. It's my job to get her from one place to the other. <laughs> but she is like, she gets in the car with me and she's like, I need you to call the police right now. She's like right in my face. I'm like, oh, first of all, back up, socially distance yourself, please. Like you're, you're, you're being weird, you're being weird. And she, is like, call the police, call the police. I need you to call them right now. And I'm like, you call the police. I'm like, look at me, look at me. You see me? I'm not calling the police. Like, I don't need them. Why would I call them? I was like, I can call and you can talk to them. And she's like, well, I have to deal with them. I'm talking to them. I was like, you're not talking to them right now. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, she's not gonna get this stuff out of my car while she's having this altercation with them. So I'm like, you know what? Fine, I'll call the police. I don't want to. I know that we don't need them. I know when they pick up the phone, they're gonna say, what's your emergency? I'm gonna be like, it's not really an emergency, but whatever. So I call them, I tell them what's going on. I tell them where I am. I, I, I tell them what's already happening. And the police, like they, the people, these dispatchers, the ones that receive these calls, like they know what's serious and they know what's not. And like, that's why they make us <laughs> wait for like 15 to 20 minutes before they get there. Because I think they're waiting on us to call them back and tell them that we don't need them. But I am already embarrassed enough that I have to get on the phone with the police. I'm not about to call them and tell them that I don't actually need them. I don't want them putting me on some type of list or whatever. The police show up. And what I absolutely love about this interaction with the police is that like they literally do not say a single word to me, even though I'm the one that called them and asked them to show up. Like I think this was literally just a few weeks ago. So they're very aware of like the climate, like the environment, like the vibe when it comes to black people dealing with the police. So even though I called them and they show up and, um, and my passenger, Karen or whoever, she starts talking to them, crying to them, telling them how like she's being bullied and being threatened, even though she's not being threatened, and how they stole her phone and all this other stuff. And this guy, first it's just one white dude that shows up, but then, you know, these cops, they, they gotta travel in packs or whatever. Another another cop car shows up and it's this like young, um, this young Caucasian woman. And the both of them are just listening to her ramble. And then the guy goes and like talks to the people that she's fighting with. And the girls continues to listen to uh, Karen and again, the entire time I'm sitting in the driver's seat, just bored. <laughs> as, as bored as you are listening to this, that's how bored I am just sitting there waiting for it to be over. And they literally sit there and listen to her until she is out of breath. Like, 
And her whole argument is they just can't treat people like this. They just can't be mean to people like this. And she starts talking about like where she came from, how she grew up, why she's in the position that she is now, how people are like, uh, how people are discriminating against like homeless people and all these other things. And the cops are just like, mm -hmm, yeah, 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 we understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so nice. They're so nice. They're the nicest cops. And um, the issue ends up getting resolved by me calling a different lift to come and get her stuff, like a bigger one that can hold all her stuff. And then the cops end up just leaving. There's more to that story, but it doesn't involve the police, so I'll end it there. And it's just another example of this time, I'm the one that called the police. They get there, they see me, and there is an altercation happening. These people are yelling. They are mad at each other. They are screaming. They are calling each other names. But I'm not involved. The police assess the situation, realize that the black man is not, in fact, doing anything. And they do not engage. They do not approach me. They do not ask me what I saw or what I heard or what I think or, or if there was a threat. They just don't acknowledge me, which I love. So that's all I have to say about that. So why, in my intro, did I bring up George Floyd dying under the knee of Derek Chauvin and then continue to talk about all these boring stories with me and the police? I think that after the George Floyd thing, everybody rightfully so had this heightened sense of the danger that black people can face whenever they come into contact with the police. And before I talk about anything else, I want to make it very clear. George Floyd should not be dead. I'm not going to argue about whether Derek Chauvin actually killed him or not. That doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, the fact of the matter is there's no reason to be on a man's knee or shoulder or back or neck or whatever for that amount of time. Like, it certainly should have been handled better. George Floyd should not have died while the police were trying to deal with him. But I think that I'm not going to get into the whole Black Lives Matter thing right now. That should be its whole own episode because I have a lot of feelings about that. But I think that if we are going to just touch on Black Lives Matter for a second, Black Lives Matter should start with black people not putting themselves in positions where they even have to deal with police in the first place. Like, I am lucky that I didn't get any bad, evil cops. First of all, not all cops are bad. I just want to get that out of the way because I just went through nine or ten instances where I dealt with cops that were, like, super normal. With the exception of that last dude who was clearly being a jerk but he still didn't do anything didn't touch me didn't threaten me didn't touch his gun didn't pull out his taser nothing happened and is that because i took the talk more seriously than other black people i don't think so the fact of the matter is i don't have a criminal record i'm not threatening i don't argue i comply and people always say oh it's not i mean people always say just comply but what about Breonna Taylor I know I know I know I know awful terrible things happen to black people at the hands of police and those police should be held accountable the so black lives matter should start with black people we have to take responsibility for our own actions I should not be pulled over for speeding like three times I should not be making out with girls behind Walmart <laughs> I I shouldn't be on the roof of a school. Like, that starts with me. The police never have to get involved to begin with. So, I guess to wrap all this up, I mean, 
the whole police are racist thing, I can't, I, I can't do it. I can't meet you there. Like, I understand that that slavery essentially becomes legal once people get arrested and go to jail. Like, I understand. Like, I get it. Like, there are systems where it is clear that racism exists. But when we're talking about, like, cops, cops are just people. Just like the, the job that I had in the call center or my job now just driving people around, there are good drivers, there are bad call center people, there are bad people in every job. And I agree that there shouldn't be any bad apples in the job of the police force. But the fact of the matter is we can't control that. We can only control our actions. And this is really just for me, but since, since you're here, just consider the facts of every single case involving black people and the police. Consider what the black people were doing, what the black people were saying. Like We have to hold ourselves accountable too. I'll see you tomorrow.